We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. It's Sam Adams. We're constantly improving who we are, what we do, and how we brew. We may craft over 60 styles of beer, but it's Boston Lager that has captured the heart of America since 1984. With its deep amber color, caramel notes, and signature hop character, what better to have in your pint glass? Sam Adams Boston Lager. Pursue better. Boston Beer Company, Boston Mass. Save responsibly. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Derek Van Riper here with Nick Whalen. Things are good, right? It's week eight. Things are good. Get the Jags playing a nationally televised game tonight. So uh, it's color rush. It is. There's Halloween this weekend. Yeah, right. Which you're excited about the candy. You talked about that earlier in the week. I'm excited about everything. The the biggest thing for me, other than the Jags being on TV tonight, you know, this is one of those kind of Christmas morning type of days where like I woke up and just kind of leaped out of bed. First thought was, you know, Bortles. Bortles, Busted yeah. Jerseys. Uh, but no, the biggest thing is the construction next to my apartment that has been ongoing for the last two and a half months. 
it seems to have stopped or at least slowed down. So I actually got like a full night's sleep for the first time in a really long time, and I feel great, and I'm, I'm ready to talk some serious Jags. Yeah, you do have a, a certain uh, spring in your step today, which I, yeah. I don't usually see. You kind of look more like you didn't sleep, that you need even more coffee than you've had already just, right. to, just to function. So, uh, yeah, you look healthy, and I'm, I mean, I'm really happy to see that because I was worried about you for, for a while, and for good reason, I think. What were they building, or were they just tearing well, up building, the street? I mean, it's, it, if you don't live in Madison, I guess this probably doesn't make any sense, so I'll keep it quick. But oh, you're next, to the, you're next to the James building, next to, right? Yeah, the James or the Hub, too. So basically just a high-rise apartment. Yeah, massive and apartment buildings. The last couple of weeks, they've been in the phase of putting on the metal paneling that encapsulates part of the building. So what that consists of is just cutting metal with a metal saw. Yeah. So uh, starting at 7 a.m., there's been just metal on metal grinding. At one point, I opened my window and yelled at the construction workers because I was so frustrated. Did they even acknowledge you? They, yeah, they just looked up, kind of shook their head, and that was <laughs> that. And then I, I got, got got scared and closed the window. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them, and they, uh, I mean, they work with metal all day, so they can yeah. probably rough you up. If well, they, I, they used, wanted I used to, to work in the construction industry in, in high school, so I have a little bit of a uh, little bit of experience. We got to talk more about that. What was your role? So my dad is. Uh, he like co-owns a truss business, so that's T R U S S. So the truss. in other words, the wooden uh, triangles that hold up roofs of buildings and homes. Okay. So I worked in the you know in the the plant more or less that made those. So a lot of physical labor. I'm not not a big physical labor guy. No. Uh, as you as you might imagine, uh, <laughs> it wasn't exactly the greatest fit. wasn't a career that I ended up pursuing, but it's a good experience. Yeah, I mean, you say that as you're wearing like a sleeveless vest type thing. It, it, it yeah, makes... as opposed to a sleeve vest. Well, it wouldn't be a vest then. Exactly. But you know, whatever. This is a nice vest. This is from Forever Twenty One. Oh, was that, I didn't know they had men's clothes there. I didn't know that either. The one in the one back home in Green Bay doesn't, but the the, the Madison Forever Twenty One does. I will probably not go in there. Uh, all right. Well, we've got a lot of good stuff to talk about on this Week Eight slate, starting with that Jags Titans game. Titans three point favorites over under a crisp 23-20 Titans if it holds up. How are the Jags going to score twenty points? Like just I, I don't describe know. describe to me a scenario in which they put twenty points on the board tonight. I don't see that happening. Um, this Jags team is broken, and it, it's not a matter. You know, when you watch the the Packers struggle, you know, through the I guess the second half of last season and parts of this season, you can kind of see like it, things just aren't working. But the talent's there. You know, you, obviously you have Rodgers who has a, a pedigree, and you know he's a good quarterback. Like with Bortles, you don't have that. We've seen him do it for eight years thing that you have with Rodgers. Like. Bortles has regressed big time. His delivery looks different. Uh, our, our own Mario Puig compared it to a softball windup, and that is pretty accurate. I mean, he's bringing the ball down like almost to his knee in kind of a windmill motion, and it, it, the ball's just all over the place. It's, he's been throwing low. He's been throwing high. Um, and this offense obviously has struggled. They can't run the ball. Uh, I was talking on 120 Sports this morning about you know guys you have to sit this weekend uh, in this game specifically, and like basically the entire Jaguars offense, I don't know. I mean, Marquise Lee's been good lately. That's about it, but you can't really count on that week to week. Chris Ivory seemed like a nice kind of bargain pickup for them and a bargain pickup in fantasy, but his main value was right. His main value was supposed to be all right, once they get it inside the 10 yard line, he'll just kind of pull a Melvin Gordon and vulture all these touchdowns. The Jaguars are never in the red zone. They're never inside the 10, so Chris Ivory doesn't even have opportunities to do that. Tennessee's good against the run. TJ Yeldon keeps out snapping Chris Ivory anyway. Ivory is awful. Ivory's so bad that. In a league where I might have to use him because of LaShawn McCoy's injury, which it sucks that they play Thursday, 
I'm more tempted to release Ivory, leave a running back spot empty, and pick up a random like backup running back, like a Wendell Smallwood hey. type, come Sunday morning just to throw that in there or to see if anyone misses practice today or tomorrow. That might be more valuable yeah. than trying Chris Ivory against Tennessee. Well, I mean, what about, like, would you rather go Ty Montgomery? Oh, a hundred times. Yeah, I mean, 10 catches in back-to-back games, uh, carries last week. I think that's his role. I think it's his job to lose right now. People keep looking at him and saying he's not a running back. He looks like a running back when they hand him the ball. Well, didn't they say, I think it was two weeks ago on the broadcast, it must have been the Dallas game, that they were considering changing his number yeah. to like make him a true running back? Because which he I don't practices know what the value, with the running backs. I don't know like, what the value is in that. Maybe I guess it gives you more flexibility like position-wise on the depth chart. Like, I, I don't know what that has. That has no meaning like at all. It's not like, like well, you're number 88. You can only get 10 carries. Sorry, that's your limit. Yeah, these, these unwritten NFL numbers rules, or partially written maybe in some cases, are, are just absurd. Uh, sorry, you have little faith in the Jags. The only Jacksonville player I think you can play is Allen Robinson, who's been uh, disappointing for a lot of reasons. He's dropped some passes, but Bortles has looked so bad that if he rebounds, if he gets back to being something along the lines of the Allen Robinson we saw last year, it's not going to be all the way back to last year's level, right? I mean, it's going to be steady wide receiver two, low end wide receiver one production, probably at, at best. Yeah, that's the thing is you kind of have to you kind of have to look at everything and, and adjust it to how this Jaguars offense is playing. So, I mean, Allen Robinson has three catches of 20-plus yards on the season. He had 31, I believe, of those catches last year. He I did. mean, the biggest thing is, like, the Jags just can't throw the ball downfield. And when they do, it's basically Bortles heaving it down on a third and 15 when you're just hoping to get something because nothing else is open. And it's been frustrating to watch. Uh, I think Tennessee, you could say, is just as bad. I mean, they lost to a Colts team that lost to the Jaguars. So... I mean, that's basically the, this like sad round robin that the AFC South, uh, America's division, has become. So I don't love the Titans at all in this game, but I, I think the Jaguars find a way to lose it on the road. Yeah, Mariota might chew them up a little bit on the ground. That could be a tough spot. I mean, the Jags are, I think, a little softer against the run than they are against the pass. So yeah. good spot for DeMarco Murray to get volume yardage-wise because the Jags are playing from behind so often. Teams are protecting leads the yardage volumes are much better than the actual uh, efficiency numbers. Mm -hmm. So as far as the favorability goes for DeMarco Murray, I think you like the setup for him tonight. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and and give up the three points, the Titans. I I hate to do it, Nick. I I hate to pick against the Jags because I know it it really breaks your heart when I do that, but I'm going to have to do it. All right. All right. Fair enough. Sorry. So a a funny vine just came across the screen. We talked about before the show, vine is getting shut down. The great video sharing platform Vine. vine and, Basically, that has prompted everyone to just start sharing their favorite vines from over the years, which are overwhelmingly funny uh, in nature. So, recommend checking that out. But no, I'm with you. Uh, I'm done. I'm done uh, going with the Jags. I've been burned one too many times on that. Eventually, when the heart breaks for like the 100th time, you can't put it back together again. Like it, it's too much glue. <sighs> Did you hear uh, Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, called a called a team meeting this week and wanted to know why the Jags aren't winning? I would love to be a fly on the wall in that meeting. So why aren't we winning? I would love to hear what was said there. Gus Bradley they had just two players ejected last week. One of them for vulgar language toward an official. How do you get thrown out of the uh, out of an NFL game for vulgar language? Like how is that uh, even possible? I don't, so they didn't. There was an article that came out about uh, using the N word on the field. Um, and kind of how that's controversial because, you know, some players say it should be okay just because of how it's been, you know, ingrained into certain language, whatever. I'm not really in any position to comment on that, but 
uh, the NFL has a policy where if you do, if it is hurt on the field, you're supposed to receive, um, I don't know if it's taunting or I think it must be unsportsmanlike. And I believe it, they didn't name names in this report, but it was pretty clear that Malik Jackson said something. I mean, he didn't, he didn't touch a referee. He didn't, you know, commit any kind of egregious penalty. He didn't take his helmet off, but there was a verbal altercation between he and the referee and he received his second uh, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty and, and was kicked out. So it was implied at least that that's what happened. So I'm really trying to avoid getting distracted by the favorite Vine hashtag. I mean, like, that's not even the preferred one, but whatever whatever the rest in peace Vine, adios Vine, whatever we we settle on, I'm going to try not to open that up as a, a window. Yeah, I, guess I might, just, might as well just close this out for now. Might as well just take the rest of the day off and just watch Vines because we're not going to be able to get new ones uh, anymore. Let's move on to the next game on the slate. It's going to be the Washington-Cincinnati matchup happening in London. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Bengals favored by three on what essentially is a neutral field. Sounds about right. Uh, I think the Bengals are about three points better than Washington. 25 and a quarter is the implied score for the Bengals. 22 and a quarter for Washington. Yikes. I mean, do you look at this as a, a game where you can trust anything in the Washington offense? De- Deshaun Jackson has been a disappointment. Jordan Reed still hasn't been cleared by an independent neurologist, so you have some concern uh, there about whether or not he's actually going to be on the field. It's a long trip. I would assume he won't make the trip if he's not cleared to play. It would be stupid to fly him across the ocean and back right. for no reason. By coming up in Week 9, I think that's still a reason uh, to rest him anyway. But other than like Jamison Crowder, is there a skill position player in Washington that you'd like right now week to week? No, I mean, Deshaun Jackson is a guy that has kind of quietly underwhelmed this season. Uh, the targets really haven't been there. Obviously, he's, he gets most of his value as a deep threat. That hasn't really been there. I mean, what do you make of the backfield situation? Uh, Matt Jones was kind of like half-benched after fumbling last week, um, but it, he's, I think he built up somehow enough goodwill over the first like six games of the year where – you know, he went into the year as a very shaky starter and you know, ripped off a couple hundred-yard games and, and looked like a really viable fantasy back. And, and now all of a sudden, like, does, does Chris Thompson kind of creep into that? I think Thompson and Rob Kelly could pick away some value. This could be like an Oakland or Detroit situation where you can't really lean on any of the three backs because they're mixing and matching so much. 4.6 yards per carry, up quite a bit from last year uh, for Matt Jones, but three fumbles, two have been lost. Last year he coughed up five fumbles, four resulted in turnovers and we're talking about a guy now at 243 carries he's turned it over six times like that's not a lot not a good success rate at all doesn't really catch a lot of passes uh i didn't practice on wednesday didn't he catch a lot of passes last year no he got 19 okay maybe maybe must be thinking of it was thompson it was thompson getting on the field in those those like clear-cut passing situations uh i think thompson's explosive kind of interesting player just small and that's the the main Mm -hmm. drawback so it could be a jones kelly timeshare with thompson on third down to the point where zero washington running backs can be productive i think cincinnati wins this game by more than three so i'm taking cincinnati uh, to cover i think andy dalton is a sneaky good play both in season long and in dfs i don't trust that washington defense and with josh norman you know, I wonder, is he is he going to be cleared? Is he okay after suffering a concussion on Sunday? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Cincinnati team, and they're 3-4 and four right now, uh, coming off of a not quite convincing win over the Browns, but it's kind of how every team's beat the Browns, where not, they hang around. Not quite convincing well, I mean, win. like, on paper, the Browns should be getting killed every week, and they just find a way to hang around. You know, they, they get a, the 
Bengals got a Hail Mary before half to, to cover that halftime spread, which was nice. But you look at the schedule through the first seven weeks. Uh, Cleveland game aside, you know, they're at the Jets, uh, who at the time looked like a decent team. And, you know, playing in New York is always tough. At Pittsburgh, Denver, Miami, at Dallas, at New England. So, I mean, between Dallas, New England, Pittsburgh, and Denver, that's four of the top six, seven teams in the league that they've already played with, with three of those games coming on the road. So, I think you look at the schedule as a big, big plus going forward. They do get Pittsburgh again. They get Baltimore twice, but you know the Ravens have certainly cooled off since the first three weeks of the year. Uh, I think over the second half of the year, you know Cincinnati probably has one of the two or three most favorable schedules of any team. This is a good point. Now let's take a look uh, at the rest of the Bengals' offense. Brandon LaFell has taken on a larger role in recent weeks. He's scored in three consecutive games. Seems like he's the number two guy uh, over Tyler Boyd right now as far as the pecking order for targets behind A.J. Green is concerned. But Tyler Eifert is the wild card in all of that because I think once once Eifert's back on the field, you know, assuming that he's uh, going to have a, a larger role in Week 8, than he did in week seven, only played 15 snaps. Once he's back on the field in a full capacity, I feel like that's when the Brandon LaFell value really dries up in those deeper PPR leagues. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, you know, with Eifert, it's just, is he ever going to be back to 100% this year? He came into the year banged up, he's banged up now. Um, and you just wonder kind of at what point we're going to see him uh, in the form that we, you know, expected after the big year he had last year. But I mean, th- this is basically. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, LaFell's been all right. This is still an offense that I like. And like I said, with the matchups coming up, I think Cincinnati's going to start ripping off some wins. They're, they're not going to look like the you know, kind of shaky playoff team that we've seen thus far. I mean, I think there's some value to be had there just because this is a good offense. But, I mean, Brandon LaFell's not a guy that you're you know, rushing to start every week. But I wouldn't feel terrible about it if you have a couple guys on by or an injury or two. Patriots on the road playing the Bills again. They already played them in week so the fourth two, week matchup three between them. Yeah, they've been playing each other a lot this year. Uh, weird schedule, I guess. It's like, like Falcon Saints. And it's like we've said before, they they each play four or five times a year. Well, once a month. Yeah, Falcon yeah. Saints play once in every again month. This weekend. Patriots, Bills, uh, Patriots favored by six at Buffalo over under 47. Puts the Patriots with the second highest implied score of the week at 26 and a half. Bills at 20 and a half would be in the bottom six for this week. I think the Patriots win by more than six. I, I think with Brady back, with the defense being pretty solid, with McCoy, McCoy dinged up. I know uh, Mike Gillisley is, is interesting as a backup, and I think he's a viable option because he should dominate the carries if McCoy doesn't play. I'm not expecting McCoy to be himself if he does play, and I'm not convinced he plays mm-hmm. in any capacity. I think you take him away from the Bills' offense, already know Sammy Watkins. It's one too many pieces taken away uh, from this offense, and I think with that, Patriots roll probably by double digits. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, and on the road in Buffalo is always like that weird wild card that you never really know what can happen. But Patriots are at full strength. The Bills are at like fifty percent strength right now. I mean, I don't think McCoy's going to play. Uh, I'm sure he personally is going to push to play. But we saw him. You know, they played him last week. I mean, he was at seventy, eighty percent, whatever it was. Eight carries, eleven yards. And he leaves the game with an injury. I mean, there's no real reason to risk that happening again And what's already a bad matchup. I mean, even if McCoy was 100%, you probably wouldn't feel great about him going up against New England. So, I mean, I went and got Mike Gillisley in a couple leagues. Um, I I mean, obviously you have to wait until Sunday to see what that situation is. But I I think right now I I would lean toward going with Gillisley. 
I think at this point, um, looking at the Bills as a team that could crash pretty hard in these tough matchups. I know they've exceeded expectations to this point. Coming off of a disappointing showing in Miami, it might be two losses in a row for Rex Ryan's club. But when it's all said and done, uh, Chris Hogan going back to Buffalo for the first time since departing yeah. as a free agent. Probably what a, a scene that's going to be. A very emotional game for Bills yeah. fans and for Chris Hogan alike. And he hasn't been doing as much as I expected with Brady back. I, I thought their rapport in the preseason would carry over. This week, you're looking for a GPP dart, just a, a player that will be extremely low-owned. I kind of yeah. like him as that everything else I do is chalky, so I want to do something extremely different with one spot. Chris Hogan this week might be that pivot. Well, you know me. I mean, I'm always setting lineups and you know tweaking them and just loading up on uh, on those DFS lineups. So yeah, we'll see. you are a degenerate with yeah. the DFS. Love that, love that stuff. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, love that stuff. Love those guys. Love that stuff as much as physical labor. <laughs> hey, man, I was a valuable employee of Trust Systems Incorporated. Um, you were the the boss's kid, so everybody right. probably was really nice to you, right? Like, that's, oh that's, no, opposite. They, they gave you crap. Oh yeah, big time. But it was like a fun way, you know. It was kind of like a. Like a little brother situation. Kind of like yeah. Rotowire. Like I was like kind of like the team manager guy, you know, kind of like a walk-on yeah. who, who gets a scholarship at the end of his career. And yeah, like a Rudy senior situation. year. Right, a little bit like a Rudy. I've never seen Rudy, but that's like what I imagine Rudy is. How have you never seen Rudy? That seems like a terrible movie. I don't, I don't ever want to watch that. It's not Rudy? a terrible movie. It, I, I, I think Rudy gets a little bit more hype than it deserves, but at the same time, it's not a, it's not a movie of my childhood. What is your quick uh, pantheon of sports movies, top three? <sighs> top three sports movies for me would be Sandlot, probably at one. Never seen it. Remember the Titans? Have seen that. At two. Good movie. Can't and Miracle at three. Haven't seen that, but I've heard it's good. So, yeah, no Bull Durham in my top three. Uh, Major League would be close. Be probably fourth on my list. Okay. What, you, you haven't seen I don't know if I've seen three? enough to qual- – no, I haven't seen any of those. Uh, I've seen parts of Major League. Can you make a top three that doesn't include an Air Bud movie? <laughs> oh, man. Like, I'm literally just looking up Air Bud. Yeah, I was going to say you know, Air Bud, Golden Receiver, one. Air Bud spikes back, two, and probably Air Bud's seventh inning fetch as number three. No, I mean, Coach Carter I liked a lot. Glory Road I liked a lot. Hoosiers I thought was not good. That was Hoosiers is okay. That's Ho- overrated. I mean that one. And you remember, yeah, remember the Titans? I think kind of is like the honorary. Like of course you have to. It's, it's just it. a good movie. It's, it's a true story. Like it's remember you know, the it's great. Uh, yeah, remember the Titans is based on a true story. Oh, I didn't know that. So is Airbud. Uh, or if we're counting like fun, like just purely funny sports movies, I mean like I like Caddyshack. I, I just don't think of it as a sports movie yeah, in the not. sense that it's it's a Happy comedy. Gilmore's up there. I I really love Happy Gilmore. I guess sports comedy and then just sports movies sure. would be different. But for me, I, I would have Rudy and Hoosiers probably in the top ten okay. or top fifteen. Are we counting Rocky as a sports movie? I mean, it's it's a, more of a drama almost we'll than anything it. else. Yeah, but can, I'll allow it. Then in that case, that's top three. Have you seen Like Mike? No. Oh, starring Lil Bow Wow. No, I haven't um, seen that. Morris Chestnut? No, okay. Well, that's a good one. Uh, have you seen Thunderstruck starring Kevin Durant? He's in a movie? Worst movie ever, ever. It's on Netflix, Didn't I even think. know that existed. Yeah, it's real bad. He, uh, Kevin Durant switches. It's, have you ever seen Freaky Friday? Like Lindsay Lohan, Jamie Lee Curtis? I have, they, yeah. I have seen that movie. Uh, yeah, that was, that's one of the few DVDs I own for some reason. But uh, that's, that's, beside, <laughs> that's beside the point. DVD. That's beside the point. How did you acquire uh, that? It, I, I didn't buy it. It was just at my house. It was right? a gift? It's at my parents' house. All right? I don't, I don't want to talk about it. Was it a Christmas gift? It was my sister's. All right? You stole it from your sister? No, I didn't take it. It's at my parents' house. I, at one point, I was in possession of it when I lived there years ago. 
Hmm. But anyway, it basically it's that scenario where Kevin Durant and some like low life kid who's terrible at basketball switch positions basically. So Kevin Durant's talent, it's all like Space Jam actually. Kevin Durant's talent goes to this like middle school kid. Uh, and he just starts lighting it up, and Durant all of a sudden sucks, and they can't figure out why. And then, obviously, in the end, you know, the talent goes back to KD. But the kid remembers, I don't need KD's talent to be good. I'm good all by myself. So it's a real kind of heart warmer. Yeah, that really is. Um, other movies I want to throw into the the conversation. Uh, Dodgeball would not be a sports that movie, counts. just to clarify. That would be like a sports comedy. So that, that would oh, be sure. in the Happy Gilmore conversation. Do you ever see White Men Can't Jump? I feel like you would have watched that I had movie. to watch that for a class once, I think. What class? Uh, com arts. Oh, well, like, okay. Like a col- yeah. I was thinking high school for some reason, like no, a college no. class. Yeah, like it a- was, you know, movie analysis type of stuff. Uh, have you ever seen The Basketball Diaries? I had to watch that one, too, for a class. Whoa. That was weird. No, Did never, never saw Zero that. Zero out of ten. Would not watch again. Uh, the Wrestler, I never saw that. That one I've heard is good. I've heard good things. Heard it's creepy. Uh, Space Jam. Where's that rank on your list? Have seen Space Jam. Pretty good. Uh, it seems like it gets better with age. Did you ever watch He Got Game? Uh, I don't think so. Are you kidding? You, you, you didn't see... What's that, that about? It, it's like, I think Ray Allen stars oh, in that movie. Yeah. Oh, no, I've seen parts of that on TV. No, I mean, I know who Jesus Shuttlesworth is. That's about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's, a, good, that's a good random yeah. conversation. Yeah, that was good. I think people are going to really, that. really like that. We'll, uh, we'll leave that in the episode. Uh, Jets-Browns, because... We've literally never taken anything out of these episodes. Don't tell anybody that. Jets-Browns, Jets favored by three because, well, everybody's favored against the yep. Browns. Uh, this is going to be the week, Nick. I'm taking the Browns plus three. I don't care if it's Kevin Hogan or Joe Callahan or Josh McCowan or Cody Kessler or Terrell Pryor or some guy wearing a dog head with floppy ears under center. I don't care what the Browns have to do at quarterback this week. They are getting their first win of this 2016 season because everything is coming up Cleveland. It is. Uh, I mean, the Indians didn't pull it out last night, but you know, they could they that, could win the series the same day the Browns win their first game of the season. They need to take two or three in Chicago, right? Yes. Quick, quick World Series sidebar. Yes. Yeah. If they if they go back to Cleveland down three one or three two or whatever, three two, I guess it have to be three two. Um, anyway, yeah. I I mean, is are the Browns the team where if you lose to them, your coach maybe gets fired? Mm. I think they've kind of reached that territory. How, like how much of this is Todd Bowles' fault? This is not a good it doesn't roster. Seem like it. No, it's not. I mean, but it's also like pretty much the same roster. And they make dumb mistakes. Yeah. I mean, this team like should have probably made the playoffs last year. It was right there. Um, and, I mean, I think they probably improved at running back slightly. You know, at, it's about the same roster. Well, it's a good spot for Matt Forte. Uh, rare good spot. I mean, the Cleveland defense yeah. is nothing to write Forte home about. Forte was solid last week. At all. And if you had to throw Ryan Fitzpatrick out there in a two-quarterback league, this would be the week where yep. you would kind of reluctantly do it and not feel terrible uh, about it. But I think the Browns are going to win this game. I'm going to take them yeah. with the three points. Uh, you think that's going to happen for Cleveland this week? No, I don't think so. I think. See, the thing is, like everything's been coming up Cleveland, but it's been the opposite for the Browns. Like I think it's the, the Indians and the Cavs are continuing to trend up. Cavs just won by like twenty nine the other night. The Indians are in the World Series. Uh, even the Lake Erie Monsters AHL team won their league last year. Man, and at the same time, uh, the Browns have just kind of diverged the other way. So I think, like we've said before, like the ultimate Cleveland story would be the Indians winning the World Series, the Cavs winning, the Lake Erie Monsters winning, and then the Browns going zero and sixteen. The ultimate Cleveland story sounds like a Taylor Swift ballad. Could be. Lions-Texans in Houston. 
Texans favored by two and a half over under 45. So how about 23 and three quarters to 21 and a quarter? I got 46 here. Decimal, Uh, Decimal scoring would be everything. For the NFL. There's, yeah, if there's a year to implement that, it's probably this year, huh? So if you're going to go to 46, I'm going to pop that into the spreadsheet here, which doesn't have a formula because I copied it into Google Docs. Come on, Google Docs, pull it together. Um, I, I think Texans are just a better team, not by much. I think Brock Osweiler can actually look okay against Detroit because Detroit's defense is just that bad. So you're looking for another viable, like cheap wide receiver in DFS or a, a bye week start. This could be a rare uh, Will Fuller yep. explosion against the Lions. Yeah, I think they're going to be ready to rock and roll. Uh, nowhere to really go but up, I guess, for the Texans right now. And I wouldn't say Osweiler was like, immune from criticism those first six weeks, but it seemed like playing on national TV like really ramped it up. And like now everybody's out on Brock Osweiler. Is there some kind of like bad feeling amongst Broncos fans about Brock Osweiler choosing to leave as a free agent because yeah, he got booed. if you're a Broncos fan aren't you just relieved right. that he took the money from somebody else yeah this guy like came in and played pretty good football for you on your way to the Super Bowl last year and you get booed like did you want this guy back I don't know I don't understand I don't really understand their their feelings towards Brock Osweiler yeah I, maybe it was just like a like a boo you suck like just general booing no, nah, I don't think it was general booing. I think they were actually like feeling as though yeah. they're they were betrayed by by one Brock Osweiler. Chiefs hosting or on the road rather against the Colts are favored on the road. Two and a half point favorites, forty nine and a half over under. So projected for twenty six. That puts the Chiefs second uh, or third only behind the the Falcons and Patriots for implied points. And the game flow has been pretty bad for the Chiefs these last two games against. Uh, New Orleans, and then against Oakland back in week six. So we haven't seen a lot of Jeremy Macklin or Travis Kelsey, but I expect we're going to see more of them at some point. And maybe this is the week. Maybe the Colts offense moves the ball well enough where this game does uh, actually look like a shootout the way it's expected to. Yeah, I'm just going to come out and say it. I don't think the Colts are good. Um, This is a team. This is a team. They beat the Titans. Uh, There's that, but... Any team that loses to the Jaguars is not a good football team. Uh, that said, though, I mean, they still have Andrew Luck, who's considering how bad the rest of his team is. And they're receiving, the receiving core, I guess, is all right. Um, but if he's putting up good numbers. They put up 34 points last week. I mean, he's still been a very viable uh, fantasy option. They're still able to move the ball in chunks down the field. I mean, they had five different receivers catch a pass of at least 20 yards last week against Tennessee. So I, I don't see you know points being a, a major issue here. I think this Chiefs defense isn't where it was two or three years ago and still kind of carries that reputation so I mean I wouldn't be surprised if this is maybe a little bit closer than you'd expect but I think the Chiefs pull it out I mean the Colts just make too many mistakes late in games I'm taking the Chiefs giving up the two and a half I think they're just better defense is better they run the ball well Alex Smith isn't making a lot of mistakes the Colts defense isn't one to force a lot of mistakes so I think that also bodes well for the Chiefs this week and I know it's been frustrating for Macklin and Kelsey owners but I I would keep throwing them out there because it's a skinny tree there's not a lot there to produce through the air even if Alex Smith is limited to 28 30 32 attempts which is the case most weeks when they play well Uh, Seattle on the road at New Orleans, Saints two and a half point home underdogs in this one. Over under forty eight, lower than that Colts Chiefs game. Uh, puts the Seahawks in position though as a top five scoring team for this week. And if that's going to happen, Russell Wilson will probably be a big part of it. But Wilson just doesn't look healthy. We've talked about that for a week or two at least. And I think I'm more inclined if I'm going to attack this game from a DFS standpoint 
to go with Kristen Michael than I am to go with you know the Russell Wilson Doug Baldwin or Russell Wilson Jimmy Graham combo. Yeah, I mean, this one this one's tough. I, like you said, Wilson hasn't quite looked like himself, but I mean, if there's a defense that can make any quarterback kind of play or look like he's at his peak, it's probably the Saints, right? And, and you know, being on the road does does affect that a little bit, just because they do seem to play quite a bit better. Um, uh, New Orleans, that is at home, but you know, this Seattle team, we still don't have a great read on. I mean, they're they're four one and one, they're one one and one on the road. This is just a bizarre number to look at. Um, so you know, I mean, even though they're they're in good position right now in the division, they they haven't looked quite as dominant, you know, as they've been in in recent years. And you know that offensive line continues to be a little bit shaky. I think Seattle wins this game comfortably, but but I'm with you. I, th- I think the statistically, fantasy wise, the Saints are probably the the side to own here. I'm going to take the Saints getting the two and a half. I think they actually can win this game outright. Uh, I think the concerns you would have is that you know the, the calls Seattle has been getting. Uh, two weeks ago especially at the end of the game on Julio Jones that, yeah. you're not going to get calls like that on the road I, I just think the Saints can pick them apart I think they got enough weapons in that passing game with Thomas Snead and Cooks to where they're going to have their hands full that Seattle defense might actually get exposed just a little bit in yep. this matchup so I'm going with the Saints getting the two and a half Cardinals Panthers Panthers favored by three how they're, they're one in five they're coming off a bye yeah, I mean, this is maybe the best one in five team ever, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. But I think the Cardinals are, are still better than than they've looked too. I mean, last week was kind of an abomination with with everything that happened in that game. Overtime aside, um, but I mean, the Panthers still. I mean, they're one again. They're one in five. They find ways to lose games, and then I know Cam's been down, but even when he's playing, he hasn't really looked like himself. Uh, you know, they they almost a couple weeks ago, you know, pulled out a big comeback. Like we basically games that they would have won last year you know games where they would they would find themselves down big cam would rally him back and they'd finish it off like they've they've had a couple situations like that uh but they just haven't been able to to kind of close the door or or get over the hill so i mean are we beyond the point of this is a must win for carolina like is this are we ready to declare this a lost season i mean they're one in five no we talked about it a couple weeks ago they could still if they were to win all but two games of the remaining schedule that could be enough to get a wild card they could go nine and seven and get in as the last yeah. wild card i mean card. this is this one is a must win though right at home you have to win at home yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna go through the rest of the schedule and finish nine and seven after a one and five start you win your home games and yeah, it's, it's I mean, interesting still, that they're favored I, i'm gonna trust vegas on this one. they still have to go at seattle that's a really tough game at the rams i mean that rams d is has kind of been able to play with just about anyone i, I don't like their chances I like them this week. Uh, Arizona, after the overtime game uh, on Sunday night, too, might be a little more fatigued than they would typically be. I think that could make a difference. Mentally fatigued, maybe. Long trip across the country as well. Uh, Chargers-Broncos. Broncos favored by five. These teams just played a few weeks ago as well. I don't like the Chargers in this matchup. I didn't like them in that Thursday game. I was surprised they pulled off the upset. I think the Broncos uh, get even on the Chargers in this one. The only question is... Five is actually a pretty big number for the Broncos to cover because their offense doesn't look that explosive. Uh, C.J. Anderson has a knee injury, so we're going to see a lot of Devontae Booker. Is Anderson even going to play? I think it sounds like he's going to miss multiple Multiple weeks. weeks, They they won't confirm it, but I would be shocked if he plays this week or even next week. I'm excited as a Devontae Booker owner to see what he can do with a larger share of the snaps. Do you have him in stake? Not in stake. I've got him in Stopa where I need a running back desperately, so the timing is actually pretty good. Um 
I'll take the Chargers with the points. I don't want to, but I, I, I yeah, think... with the points. I mean, Denver's not losing twice to San Diego, right? And unless this is you know the situation from a couple of years ago when Seattle was kind of rolling through everybody, but then they get tripped up and lose twice to the Rams. Like that would be the equivalent of this for me. But the San Diego team is pretty good. Like they, I mean, last the two meet two weeks ago, the meeting against Denver, they were throwing all over them. Their uh, point differential is actually better than Pittsburgh's for the season. Yeah. So there's that. They found ways to lose some pretty bad games. Yeah, they they're one of those teams where if you look at them and if you said they're five and two instead of three and four, like it, you'd be looking at this game a lot differently because right. they have left some opportunities about, on the table. How about Melvin Gordon too, leading the league in touchdowns, ten touchdowns against eight on the ground, two in the air, and actually his yards per carry is down from last year. He's just unstoppable. Like you, you can't can't do anything to stop. He Melvin might not Gordon. get to a thousand yards this year, and he could have like twenty five touchdowns. He will get to a thousand yards. Relax, it's going mean, to happen. 1100 tops like he's on pace for like barely over a thousand isn't he this week's gonna probably hurt that right quest but i think it opens up for him a bit as we uh, get past his second matchup against denver in what see what feels like three weeks or four weeks well it hasn't been that long it was the thursday night game two weeks ago why why do teams right? play each other this close together I, when i saw this earlier in the week I, I thought maybe there was like a scheduling glitch on espn or something and yeah i Two, two out of three weeks, you almost never see in the NFL. You see it, and you're like, is this a typo? Right, exactly. Why would you make the schedule that way? I, I, I still don't understand why you don't just have some weeks that are divisional matchups and then weeks that aren't, and then you play. You play type of thing? Well, it's just it should be all scripted. Like week one, maybe you play somebody out of division, but week two, everybody plays a divisional game, and then you yeah. just rotate it that way. Or maybe you do it before the bye weeks start. No bye weeks, weeks one through three, which that's which the is, case already. That's how it is, yeah. So you, you play each team in your division weeks one through three, and weeks fifteen through seventeen, same thing. Yeah. Why not do it that way? And then in between, you're playing all your crossover in conference, uh, out of conference, all that right. kind of stuff. Well, there's rules. I I don't think a lot of people are familiar with NFL scheduling, and I'm not. I don't know all the intricacies, but like when you these these like out of division games are not just totally random. Like obviously, I think there's what two divisions that every team. Like if you're the AFC South, like. This year, I think you're playing the NFC North. Right. It's all, it's all based playing. on records from previous year, but well, I think it also has a rotation, too. Yeah. But like, like the Jaguars, for example, play the entire NFC North, but they also play, you know, some other random, like they get the, like they, they play the AFC West as well, but then they also play the Ravens this year, but they don't play the Steelers, the Bengals, or the Browns because the Ravens finished in the same slot in their division as the Jaguars did in the South. Right. So you, it's not like they just you know randomize these matchups. I mean, there's a lot that goes into the schedule. I think it's harder to make than we probably think. Maybe. I I have offered my services to the NFL before. Have? I have formally on this podcast on multiple occasions and on the XM show. I know Goodell's a listener. I've never received a phone call from the NFL saying, hey, you sound like you could do a good job with our schedule. We're really looking for a, a nice, pale Midwestern fellow to come help us out. Would you be willing to, to you know, give us some of your time and we'll compensate you at a reasonable amount to, to put in the effort and, and to help us get our schedule right for the first time in our league's history? Yeah, I mean, it's only a matter of time before I think they, they hit you back on that. I should just make the 2017 schedule and try to sell it to them as a finished product. Going <laughs> to outsource their scheduling? Yes, I think so. And maybe I could even just post it. Because let's talk to Ken Kreitz. He might be able to work that out. Ken, if anybody could. Ken, if you're listening, please let me make the NFL schedule. Need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 84 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. 
You need to get the word out about your business, and it all starts with a stunning website with hundreds of designer-made customizable templates to choose from and the drag-and-drop editor. There is no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners and future NFL schedule makers to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Scheduling NFL games. Too busy figuring out how to get all the Jags games into prime time. You're too busy to build a website for your business if you're doing all that. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to WIX.com to create your own website today. The result is stunning. I'm going to make that 2017 schedule, Nick. It's going to happen. That'll be our project for lunch. I will will myself to Schedule Maker. Packers on the road at Atlanta. Falcons favored by three. Two teams that Vegas sees as pretty close to even. Biggest offensive numbers expected in this one, 52.5 for the over-under. Falcons, the shade under 28. Packers, just a shade under 25 uh, if the number holds up. The running game, now led by Ty Montgomery, it seems, uh, is ample. Montgomery is catching a lot of passes out of the backfield. We've talked about his, his role and the fact that he, he might start picking up running back eligibility on some other sites. Yahoo says they're going to wait until the Packers list him as a running back on their roster. feel like if they were going to do it, they would have done it by now. They have no incentive to change it at this point in the season. Uh, so we have a, a nation divided, as I continue to say, with Ty Montgomery and whether or not he should have running back eligibility. I'm not even going to ask you. I think you, he does this week, right? On, on ESPN, he does. On Fox, he doesn't. On Yahoo, he definitely doesn't. Okay. So the other sites, I'm not sure what they have decided. But Falcons against the Packers, highest scoring team of the week based on implied scores. Julio is going to be a problem for the Packers. They can't stop lesser receivers. Julio is going to just tear them apart. Are we getting 200 yards from Julio this week? You know, this seems like such an obvious spot for Julio, and, I, and I'm, I, I'm with you. I think he's he's going to go off, but... I think there's a lot of times where you look at a matchup like this and it almost seems so obvious that, you know, you wonder, like, the Green Bay is obviously going to be paying a ton of attention to Julio Jones. They, if, if we're talking about it, they're certainly talking about it. So, you know, I do wonder if, if that amounts to them, you know, kind of limiting him somewhat. And by limiting Julio Jones, that probably might mean 150 yards. Um, you know, I mean, we'll see. I, I'm worried about this Packers secondary, that's for sure. Uh, they've been a little bit leaky, uh, but they did do a good job against uh, Odell Beckham a few weeks ago. And this was kind of, we had the kind of same conversation, you know, it was, all right, this is the week Beckham's going off. Uh, and he really didn't. So I, I, I still think Julio has been more consistent than Beckham. I think he's more physical. He's a better, uh, better overall receiver in my opinion. So we'll see uh, what that means, but this is going to tell us a lot about this Green Bay team. I mean, they're sitting at a very sketchy four and two uh, in my mind. I mean, they even last week against against the Bears, I mean that the end result looks good, twenty six to ten. You know, Rodgers finally ends that streak of not getting to three hundred yards, but it took him fifty six passes to get there. I mean, Green Bay was down uh, early in this game; they were they were down at halftime. Uh, oh no, they were not down at halftime; they were down right in, inside of halftime uh, after that fumble return, and then Green Bay was able to get it going. But still, that's against a one and six Bears team. So, you know, I think it, this would be a statement win from Green Bay, certainly on the road, but. There's not much that we've seen uh, over the last basically calendar year uh, that leads me to believe that that Green Bay can really hang with this Atlanta offense. Hey, with with wins over the Jags, Lions, Bears, and Giants, I I don't know how you have any doubts <clears throat> at all. Yeah, they're about beating what they up bring. on like the like the Jungle Cats. 
and jungle animals, I guess. Yeah, and well, and, and the giants. Which... Well, are bears jungle animals? Probably not. Mm, Lions too. Technically, they're no, just beating up the, on like large animals. It's a bear in the Jungle Book, though, isn't there? I know you yeah, haven't well, seen that's the a, movie. Is Jungle Book? No, I've seen that. Is that a documentary? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It, Baloo, pretty sure it's is that his name? Baloo. Yeah, he's in the Jungle Don't test Book. Me on that. So, so bears are in the jungle, sure. at least according to that movie. All right. All right. Well, I think the Falcons win this game. I don't think the Packers are that good. I think their secondary is going to get exposed, and that's going to be a big part of their problem. If yeah. they get healthy, they still have a chance to be a credible playoff team at the end of the regular season. Mm-hmm. I just I see them falling to four and three this yeah. week, and I think the Falcons win this game by a touchdown. If you have to pick a running back to go with in this in this game, I don't know what situation you'd have to be in for for this situation to arise. But Niall Davis, or do you ride with Montgomery? Montgomery for sure. I think so too. Because like even if he only gets like five carries, he still has the benefit of being a receiver. You know, and that obviously he's not the number one receiver or number two or even probably number three for this team. But you know, if he gives you thirty-five or forty rushing yards and forty-five or fifty receiving yards, I think that's still better than what you could possibly expect out of Niall Davis. I I have no expectation at all for Davis. No, I don't. Um, I mean, for all we know, he could he could only get three or four carries. It's really a tough situation. I wouldn't start him in any circumstances uh eagles on the road in dallas cowboys favored by four and a half uh eagles only projected to score more points than the bears that's it one one team they're expected to outscore this week dallas coming off the bye likely to have des bryant back out there cowboys gonna roll in this one nick i don't think they're gonna roll i think this philadelphia defense is good enough to to slow them down a little bit but you know the, the des return thing to me doesn't really matter all that much i think this is a running team now um and you know when des was in there he wasn't all that effective at one big game uh before the injury but i don't think you know they view this as all right now we can start throwing downfield again and certainly he's a, the best weapon that they have on the outside but this is Ezekiel Elliott's team in some ways you know maybe not from a leadership perspective but from the way that this offense is moving um you know I think it's just going to be kind of be business as usual for Dallas you know even with the return of Des. yeah I, I think so too uh the other aspect of this game is also just Carson Wentz on the road in division this could be a pretty difficult environment for him I don't think he's been asked to do a lot I don't know if he's going to do more than throw it 30 times and get you 200 yards. Like I just I don't think he has to, but I think the Eagles' defense is going to have to force multiple turnovers and probably cash one in for a TD if the Eagles are going to pull off the upset. Mm-hmm. I'll take the Cowboys giving up the four and a half. Uh, Vikings-Bears for a Monday night game. Why? Why are the Bears on primetime so much? They're supposed to be That's good, like I guess. It's their fourth primetime game this year, isn't it? At Ag- least third. Again, your, your future NFL schedule maker will will yeah. remedy this 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 will be fixed this is three straight national tv games for the jags and now third primetime game for the bears it's unacceptable i know they were on a lot of places but i still don't count the sunday early game for the jags look as a national map. game i'm not gonna look at the Every, map everywhere like west of michigan basically so i had was forced to watch that game subjected what, to that what game. else could they have put on i mean there was other it was, it was a bad slate last it was week. but like i mean Jags Raiders like you could do better than that. I mean, you could have done you could have done the Raiders or Chiefs, a, a, an oddly popular team. Vikings though. Eagles. I would have rather watched Browns Bengals. Well, Saints Chiefs I think was a Fox game. Okay, so C- CBS didn't have a choice. No, Vikings Eagles was a Fox game for us at least. Right, but I'm saying a Saints Chiefs I think was on Fox. Yeah. So I don't think yeah, that's true. I think part of it was the way the games worked yeah, out. I it guess. was Colts Titans, Bills, Bills Dolphins. Uh, yeah. Eh. You might be right. And then Browns Bengals. You can't put the Browns on, so that's that's it. That's why. That's right. Yeah, you I, The yeah, lesser of all evils triumphed in this case. 
Ugh. You don't want to relive that? I don't want to relive that. My my good friend and, and roommate is a Raiders fan, so there's a lot of a lot of hype for that game, a lot of talk, and the boys in Teal came out flat. They they do that a lot though. You're not you're not surprised. Uh, Jake Cutler cleared to play ahead of this game against the Vikings. A better option than Matt Barkley. What do you think it means for Elshon Jeffrey and, and Cameron Meredith having Jay out there is roughly the same as having Hoyer out there? I, if, is it worse? Maybe. I mean, Hoyer threw for 300 yards in four straight games coming into that Green Bay game before the injury. And, you know, I, we haven't really seen Cutler be able to string together performances like that. But I think Jeffrey's pretty safe, right? I mean, Meredith was somewhat fluky, and we, we saw that against Green Bay. Uh, maybe, you know, with the, kind of a real quarterback, a non-Matt Barkley quarterback under center, he kind of regains some value. But... Uh, I mean, I'm still comfortable with Jeffrey probably going to fade the rest of that Bears offense. Jay still has what I would describe as elite DGAF. Like, that's what he brings to the table. What does that mean? Don't give an F. F. Okay. Yeah. He's elite in that regard. Like, that is that is something that Jay, yeah. he, he, like, he'll never be passed. Where is he going to be playing next year? Cleveland is that it like will any other team even take him in yeah there are teams that have horrible quarterback situations I there. guess but like at this point I don't know I mean like did the, the Jets take a look like Gino might be done Fitz might be done Romo if Romo is going to end up in Denver okay Tony Romo is going to Denver that seems like a yeah that's the move like, there sure. like that's Paxton Lynch isn't going to be a thing next year it's not going to okay. happen so right. Romo is going to end up in Denver that's going to leave Jay to go either to Houston if if they just eat the the Brock yeah. Osweiler L.A. San Francisco. That's what I, the, you guys got choices. Yeah, I, 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 didn't look at the bi, I didn't look at the bye week teams. That's where you really maybe get some options. Even like Miami, if they cut bait on Tannehill, and Tannehill will get another shot elsewhere. I think so because he's it, young. He who, can move. Who, who else are you going to play instead? Right. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, sadly enough, like the bar is set so so wildly low. If the NFL contracted like eight teams. It would be better. The league would be better, right? Mm-hmm. With with twenty four teams instead of thirty two. I don't know. I as bad as the NFL product is, like it's still the NFL. I still love it. We all still love it. Like we can complain about it all the time, but like I would much rather watch bad NFL football than anything else. Yeah. Well, we talked about the the alternatives, and as I continue to read the article of worst years in history, I became increasingly convinced that you know the modern lifestyle is is making us yeah. just completely. Uh, insulated from becoming one of the worst years of all time. Like something horrendous has to start happening, like day to day. Like, sure. just, I, I don't think. Start watching the that NBA. Point. That that'll that'll turn your spirits around. Will it? The NBA is a lot of fun. Last night was great. There were so many great games last night. I didn't have Brow going on on Fanduel, so I was really disappointed. Yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, have no, you have no chance. You, you don't play Anthony Davis last night. You yeah. can't win. More or less, yeah. I mean, at Miles Turner, Miles Turner as well. I looked at Miles Turner. The stupid thing was I, I went with Westbrook instead of Brow, which cost me more money, so I had to go cheaper at center. And I, I had to go down to, like, Tyson Chandler. And I, the mm, minutes aren't that there. That was not good. It just doesn't make sense. He's, yeah, Tyson Chandler's not, not great. If I go if I go Brow and, and Turner last night, I at least cash. Everything yeah, else I mean, Westbrook was, was a nice pick. Would you see what Harden finished with? Harden also went crazy. Like, Westbrook finished, what did he have, like, 28... 12 and 9 or something like that's going to be a that might be like a down line for him yeah he's going to put up 60 65 70 fan duel points sure. regularly this year and paying up for him will be good more often than not but Harden right. Harden was cheaper and Harden made more sense I don't know how they lost that game and LA was not playing D for most of the night but I guess neither was Houston I'm grateful I didn't watch any of that but as far as the uh, prediction goes on Vikings Bears 
Vikings. Vikings giving up the four and a half. the Vikings. Just going to say it. Home, home dogs on Monday night tend to be uh, a sneaky play. I, the Bears are just bad. Like there's, there's no way around this. Minnesota's coming off a disappointing showing last week, right. too. They'll be back. I think they'll be back with a vengeance for an important game. Do the Bears play the Browns this year? Please tell me they do. They already played them. Uh, wait, no. Wait, no. the Eagles played both of those teams. I wonder if they do play each other or no, not. I don't, don't. I don't think they, they don't. do. Who did Chicago beat again? Is it Detroit? Hmm. Yeah, was that, did they beat Detroit before Detroit like won a few games? I want to say they did, but I could be wrong on that. Um, the old schedule here is not loading. Bears. Oh, yeah, they, beat, they did results. beat the, the, the Lions week four. Yeah, Yikes. and the Lions got hot after that. It really kind of was the... Yeah, Lions bucket are, of water on the on the Lions. They're really Lions are not up. a team you want to play right now. No, yeah, Jim Caldwell's got them fired <laughs> yeah. up. You don't want to run into Jim Caldwell. No, you absolutely do not. It's going to wrap things up for us here on the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. Tim and I are back with you for the Friday episode tomorrow. Napa know how. Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolored paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.